Michelle Constant on SAFM. It's 12 past nine, and as I mentioned, our guest is PJ Sabacher. We've had him on the show before, but uh, he is consistently choosing to reimagine his world. We talk about reimagining a lot. We talk about rethinking, re-energizing, uh, and uh, how one looks at uh, where one is and starts to understand how you can do things differently. PJ Sabacher is a contemporary dance choreography. He's the founder of a public arts festival. And uh, he left Johannesburg many a year ago to move to Imalathleni in Mpumalanga. And from there, he worked with a diversity of dance projects and dance opportunities, including the My Body, My Space Public Arts Festival. But what uh, I think is interesting is how post-COVID, he started to relook at food security and food insecurity. How did he do it? With a zero-budget project? Well, he's on the line to tell us right now. PJ, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much, Michelle. Good to be, good to be with you. PJ, I'm going to go back to your first choice song, Coldplay, Fly On. Yes. It's such a beautiful track as well. <laughs> do you choose a song like that because you want to sort of dance around the room or do you choose a song like that because it makes you feel a little more relaxed? What is it that... Um, well, I, I think it triggers a whole lot of things. I think, I, think uh, I think it makes you want to kind of float around the room uh, more yes. than dance. It kind of lifts you. You know, it's quite kind of emotionally aspirational. Uh, but at the same time, it's it's melancholic and it uh, and it it's, it's really reflective and introspective. Uh, so it, it pulls you in different directions. Uh, it makes you want to dance. It makes you want to cry. It makes you want to uh, fall in love. It makes you want to sing. It makes you want to do a whole lot of things at the same time. Um, and I love music that does that. That doesn't make us feel or do one specific thing, but that gives us a, a diversity of responses or actions or thoughts or feelings um, that we can't exactly point to. Um, but that that create that sense of ambiguity, emotional ambiguity and physical ambiguity. Uh, that's it's really beautiful for me. PJ, you know the idea of reflective and introspective talks to yes. perhaps the seed of any action or movement. As a dancer, I wonder if you could explain what that process is. You start with reflection, you start with introspection, and is it that the next thing is your arm shoots out or your leg shoots out or whatever the case may be? <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I think, yeah, the, the, the idea of reflection and introspection is, is, is critical. And, you know, we all start in different places. Some people are going to start in action um, and hopefully reflect and introspect after the action. Some people will start with a thought um, that will initiate reflection or introspection and then action will, will evolve. So um, we, all, we all begin in, in very different places in our processes, in our processes of, of figuring out what to do next, in our processes of creating, in our processes of, of choosing which career paths to pursue next, and which relationship pathways to choose next. Um, but I really, you know, I mean, I think introspection and, and reflection is the critical part. And hopefully that's something we can, we can all do. And that really is just about listening, um, listening very deeply um, to ourselves, yeah. listening very deeply to the world around us, um, to the to the other humans and now more than humans <laughs> around us that are so critical in our environment um, to, re to really understand uh, what it is uh, that we need to do next and how we interact uh, with the world. In, and for me, in, what's really important in a, in a constructive way, whether that is in a creative process, 
uh, or, or whatever, whatever choice uh, we are making. But it's really a process of deep listening. So let's talk about that listening deeply and how yes. you, I suppose, forget about the fact that uh, you listened deeply and then did a dance. In fact, you listened deeply and decided, no, dance is not what it is, what we need, but we do need food security where we are. Yeah. Tell us about that particular process and that journey that you took. Yeah, well, I mean, it's you know, it's it's been something that's been stewing in my in my body for quite a long time. Is yeah. the is the idea that particularly when we moved uh, to Mpumalanga to Makazeni into the rural space and live on a farm, you know, the 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 the, the possibility to address uh, food insecurity and food security is um, becomes far more possible because suddenly you have access to land and space and hopefully water and sunlight um, and the kind of natural inputs you need uh, to, to, to support food production. Um, but then really it was COVID um, and the lockdowns and the, the, the economic impacts and the, the kind of profound economic impacts in our area because it's, it's largely, largely a tourism uh, economy. Um, and so with the, with, the, with the lockdowns, obviously, there was huge job losses and, and huge economic impacts. Um, so we, we suddenly noticed and we were also beginning to think about, you know, we, we work pre-COVID, pre we were working with 1,500 children and young people on a monthly basis. What was happening to these young people? What was happening to their families? What was happening uh, to their ability to eat um, and to get through this process? And so we... We initiated a little project called the Angel Project um, to to begin to to support uh, vulnerable households. Um, and at, at first, it was a food distribution project, and then it became very clear that you know raising mon money to buy food and then distribute it is not a sustainable model, and we need to really now get our acts together uh, and start trying to produce food. Um, and so what, what has developed is a kind of organic vegetable garden production site um, that serves various purposes. It serves to produce food that we distribute to vulnerable people, to vulnerable households. It serves as a training space for young agricultural interns to kind of explore organics, explore, explore processes around organic vegetable production. And then it serves as a place uh, to connect artists um, and now and our dance learners to different kinds of processes and to see themselves and the work that they do or the role of the arts a little bit differently um, and so that so that's where we are now we kind of in this uh, we're in this dance between uh, you know like the flock of birds between the soil and, and the heaven um, uh, between between needing to take care of of the soil to grow vegetable but the soil of human beings um, as well. And so really thinking about um, what, what if, we, if we really want to support people to reach their full potential, whatever that is, however we define full potential, what are the, what are the pieces that we need to do? And maybe just the creative practice is not enough. Maybe it's particularly in, country, in a country like ours, basic needs are really critical and we really need to take care of them. Um, if we want to enable people to to reach the kind of processes of full actualization uh, through the arts. PJ, we need to go to a break. And uh, when we come back, I'd love to hear how it is going. How are your um, interns that are in 
and how is this? I mean, you started this project with zero budget, but yeah. I'm interested to know how your small-scale farmers have come come on board. How you're looking at community-based gardeners, and uh, how it's it's. I mean, are those gardeners coming into the dance classes? We'd like to hear all of that. It's 9.21. We're chatting to PJ Sabacha, who is, as I mentioned, a contemporary dance choreographer. He now lives in Emalatheni in Mpumalanga and has uh, shifted his focus, or maybe not shifted his focus, maybe just balanced out the scales a little bit. The scales dropped from his eyes and he balanced out the scales to look at culture and agriculture. PJ, talk about the work that you are doing with... um, the small-scale farmers in your neighborhood and uh, how you started to... Because, I mean, you're not a farmer, so you've, no. you've had to have like <laughs> lots of people around you who know what they're doing. And how has that gone? Absolutely. So I'm absolutely not a farmer. Um, I used to be a gardener, but in Melville, and that was a long time ago, and it had nothing to do with vegetables. Um, so it has been a, a steep learning process, and it's, it's required uh, the input of everybody around. My parents... Um, all, all kinds of local local information and local peeps. Um, my my cousin Caro Tamson, who runs uh, from Linden Loaves, who runs a who used to run amazing organic veg- vegetable gardens, um, and so all these inputs have been necessary. We have a partnership with um, a banking you know private sector uh, uh, company from the banking sector who funds our interns. Um, and so we have a workforce, we have free access to land, we have free access to water, um, we have to spend a little bit of money on seedlings and seeds and things like that. And then we just got going. We just decided, just get going. And we consulted with a lot of people. Um, and everybody was just like, just start, just start digging and start planting. You'll be amazed. And it's truly amazing. Um, once you start the process, how life takes hold. And it's it's the life of the plant, obviously, and the life of the soil when you take care of the soil, but then the life of the people that surround it. Um, and then we we started branching out into the community. So the the the, the kind of the 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 project seeks to, and we you know sometimes we are more successful than other times, and I suppose that's true for any project. Um, we now support home-based gardens, what we call home-based gardens. So we go to we we find people in the community who are interested in in starting a vegetable garden or who have already started a vegetable garden and need some support, and we offer various inputs: some physical labor, some resources, some seedlings, some compost, um, some materials to to support the gardens and get them going. Um, and that has been hugely rewarding. We we have kind of doubled our initial target. We set a, a modest target of, 20, of 12 gardens last year, and we've got 24 going. And the majority are producing and sustaining those households um, sure. with vegetables. Mm. What we did discover, which was really interesting, and these are, these are things you just don't expect, is the township of Mtonjeni is built literally on rock. <laughs> yeah, you know it's 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 so true, and and then when you think about kind of apartheid, um, uh, you, you know apartheid design, spatial design, it makes perfect sense um, that the black community is relocated and placed on a rock, um, so literally nothing can grow, um, and so now this year we are having to we are wanting to return to the community and get more gardens going, but we literally have to start by making soil. So now we're in the soil making process. So we have to make soil from as many uh, biomass inputs as we can so that we can 
transport the soil uh, to the community and then start making raised gardens. We're going to be using tires and all kinds of other structures that we can we can grow in. Um, so so the process is not a static one. The process is not a, a linear one. Um, it's a creative one for sure. So there's 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 great similarities between the the, the dance and and the the veggie production. So, okay, let's uh, look at some of the amazing things that you are doing. And first of all, we're going to go to another song. You've chosen Bright Blues Weeping. Tell me a little bit yes. about uh, why you've chosen that. <laughs> well, I mean, I think for, um, for any one of us who were kind of living through the 80s, uh, Bright Blue and Weeping was a, was a, was a really important uh, song um, and a kind of act of activism and protest. Um, that we could all relate to and could all listen to, um, that was accessible, um, that connected us all to to what was going on in the country at the time. But it also reminds us that the the dragon is still weeping, um, and uh, there are so many unanswered questions and so many hidden questions and issues that we need to continue addressing and continue working on. Michelle Constant on SAFM. I'm sure I still didn't get that one right uh, after how we spoke about it earlier today. PJ Sabacher, you're on the line. Your, your guest is none other than Jennifer Ferguson, all the way from Sweden. Why? Why? Yeah, just why? <laughs> do, I, do I have to answer that? Of course. Of course you do. No, you know, I mean, when I was a teenager... Uh, well, well, when I finished school and was uh, was on my way to Rhodes University, one of my cousins gave me this cassette, Jennifer Ferguson. And we, I used to listen to it in my old Mercedes driving around in Pumalanga, yeah. listening to Bay of Bombay and Dickie Baby and all kinds of amazing tracks that just inspired me and excited me and moved me beyond uh, any imagination. Um, and also it, it lit that kind of activism, that desire for activism uh, in my bones. And I listened to Jennifer for years and years and years and years and years. And then one day I went to a conference on in Sanson. Sorry, say that again, was. PJ, you cracked up for a moment there. Sorry, one, I was invited to a UNDP, United Nations Development Program conference in Johannesburg. Uh, focusing on HIV and AIDS, and sitting at the table with Jennifer Ferguson. And? And that was the beginning of the story. Um, <laughs> and the story, the story still goes, and we try and find ways to connect and work together and meet each other again and again, um, even over these long distances. Well, you meet on the airwaves this time around. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Michelle, and PJ, what a beautiful gift for a Sunday for a grey, snow-covered morning. Darling, hi, hi. You mentioned Hello. a grey-covered morning. Tell, describe uh, your where you are right now. I mean, you are in Sweden, but I imagine uh, the, the, the view outside your window is very different to the view outside. It's very SAP. different. They're, they're naked birch trees. And there's a lake that isn't covered with ice yet, but it stretches as far as you can see. And then there's these little red wooden houses with snow, sort of, it's a real postcard kind of scene on some level, but just devoid of sun. And it's quiet. So when you walk outside and you can be completely alone and walk for a long time to the little neighboring church and the graveyards, 
in solitude. It's very different. <laughs> Jennifer, is this where you now live? Yeah, it's where I'm now living, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I, think. Yeah, I mean, when you're in exile and self-imposed exile, then you always have like, a, you know, when, when I listen to the music and listen to, to you and PJ now, especially and Irma Lowe, you know, there's a part that just is in Pumalanga and Joburg and Cape Town, you know, my memory takes me into other places so vividly. So I'm going to ask both of you this. Um, Jennifer, you um, come from an activism background and certainly post-94 that was acknowledged in a variety of ways. I know that, um, PJ, you talk about yourself as an activist and a dance activist, but also I suppose one could call you a community activist. What does activism mean for you and how does it play out in the work that you do and uh, even perhaps still do? Jennifer, I'll start with you. I mean, that is, I'm just so humbled also, you know, about PJ and the witness, the testimony of his life and the choices that he's made to integrate this this farm, this beautiful space of his, this family farm, into a place of kind of, you could say, backyard or your farm activism where he's been able to to sustain, first the initiative to start this this dance project in a in a remote rural area. And I just, I'm so deeply respectful of that, PJ. I think you really embody the kind of, really, the, 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 the integrity, the courage, the heart that has driven your work. And that has been the motivation of all your work. And I think the kind of activism that that resonates for me certainly is where we've been able to move from our personal, often vulnerabilities, be it our health vulnerabilities, be it our situational, circumstantial vulnerability, but we move from the place where we haven't, where we're not all fixed and in control. And we take that, we offer that. We come for it as an offering, you know, and I think that kind of, I'd call that sacred activism. And and that really, I, I'm so deeply moved by, by, by your life and your work, my darling. Thank you, darling. (laughs) Before we get to PJ, um, Jennifer, talk to us about your own activism, Um, (laughs) the 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 challenges of it. The 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 I mean, you know, when when we dislocate, and I use or relocate is the polite word. Dislocate is the other way of seeing it. I mean, I'm thinking of all these these images. Barney Simon, this beautiful. Yeah, what could you say, master of life? But him saying, you know, you get miracles in paradise and you get miracles in hell. And I often I think it's Camus who says that. And I often think of that because what I'm living with in some level here in Sweden, on on a superficial level, is paradise. And you know, there's there's plenty. It's not shredded by bloodshed of, of terrible violence of a history of colonialism, all those kind of things, Sweden's free of that. So how how do I be an activist in a place that is kind of sorted? And our issues now are, are the difficult ones of strong right-wing tendencies coming yep. up. Not that's, tendencies. In fact, that's just, that's just come through in your voting. Yeah, yeah, we've got a right-wing government and we've got the sort of challenge of an integrated world where, where people come from all over the world now seeking Europe as a kind of place of safety or as a poss- place of possibility. So my activism has had to kind of reroute and change 
with work with 100% with what I have in the space that I'm working, which is a little core center on the shores of this lake, predominantly Christian. It's a Swedish church that has employed me full time. And that is a huge thing for us. And as artists, you can imagine, because you never kind of really catch up on that on that frailty of freelance work when you come to new spaces. So I'm deeply grateful for that. But at the same time, I'm also facing working with people that have been privileged. And there is a solidarity, there is a kind of, there has been a history of solidarity, but this personal cost that I described a little bit before, this vulnerability to get to the heart of who you are, it's very difficult. So what I do is I use South African music and the images and stories, the narrative of South Africa to kind of shake people a bit. And it's not comfortable but you know I try and wake and if people ask me what am I doing in 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 Sweden then I say I'm doing mission work then they say what (laughs) but it's it's almost like we sing songs of freedoms from South Africa but here the collective sense of our togetherness without being cliched Ubuntu but that really I am because you are because we are because our planet is to wake up that kind of, or to ignite a sense of our embodied relationship to the collective and to our planet. That's what I'm doing. Peter, when you talk uh, talk about your place, uh, PJ, uh, when you talk about your space in terms of activism, I mean, it's it's a very strong community-based process. And I know the team, I have met some of your team members and you really have an extraordinary team of people. Talk to me about how activism is, in many ways, and I think uh, Jennifer's touched on it as well, is about community. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, while Jennifer was talking, I was thinking about how am I going to respond to to Michelle's question? Um, And Jennifer said a lot of what uh, resonated, so many beautiful things for me, that that, that there are are key things that Jennifer woke up in me, and I think we we try and wake up in other people. And that is hard. About uh, P- Peter, are you uh, PJ? Are you moving around? No, I'm standing dead still, but I'm standing outside in the wind. Okay, can you go inside, or is the line <laughs> even worse inside? No inside. There is no inside with signal. Oh, there is no inside with signal, <laughs> or there is no signal inside. Yes. Which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> I can hear Jennifer laughing. There is no signal inside so there is no inside with signal <laughs> is that better I've that's much better <laughs> hold yourself so, against hold yourself i'll tell you what we'll do I'm, we're going to go we're going to go to a break and then uh, whilst we go to the break we'll just try and get that line rocking out a little better okay perfect so we'll come back to that right now michelle constant on safm 10 to 10, don't forget that at 10 o'clock, KG will join you with season three hours of absolutely fantastic Sunday music. So listen up for that one for sure. We've got PJ Sabaha in uh, Impumalanga. We've got um, Jennifer Ferguson in Sweden. And we're talking about what it means to be an activist in relation to community, the critical role of uh, community as well. PJ, back to you. Inside, Great. outside, perfect line now. Right? <laughs> All right, so let's hope it holds. The, 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 the truth of rural living. Uh, so it's a very beautiful place to live, but connected 
the massive challenge. Yeah, so, I mean, as Jennifer kind of pointed to, it's about heart. Um, yeah. And it's about waking up. It's about waking people and communities. Pe- communities are people. Uh, communities are made up of people. And so we started with every single individual. Um, in, in whatever we, way we can, whether it's through growing veggies, through dance, through supporting someone through the administrative learning, um, through the culture of the organization, the culture and the value system that we try and uh, kind of lay at the foundation of all our, all our work. Um, it's about waking people up, wake up to each other, wake up to the world, wake up to all living beings, wake up to them all as humans, um, wake up and listen and and then come back to the piece about reflection and introspection and then figure out when we are awake and when we are listening really carefully and really openly, what is it that we need to do? Um, and we're not doing it, you know, we can't be activists and, 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 and do these things um, to, be, to be stars, um, for accolades, for any of that. We have to, we have to acknowledge that our celebrations come in the, in the small successes, in the small shifts we find in people. Um, and so, you know, I mean, I think the, the, this idea of community activism or, or, or working in communities is a really big thing that I think in the same way that we, you know, as artists we are taught, we are taught to, if we want to speak to big universal issues, speak to the personal, uh, do it personally, do it on a personal level, speak about personal issues, and then, the universality of your messaging will resonate with other people. Um, but if we try and just do the big blankets, broad brush strokes, nothing's going to happen. So for me, it's about individuals and then those individuals who build communities. I want to ask both of you this, um, and then PJ, I'll come back to you for closing. But, you know, when I listen to you talk, I think of you less as, um, I almost think of creativity as simply a tool to, to make a difference, as opposed to some people who are creatives, and there's no fault with this, but some people are creatives to be creatives and to be stars. Yeah. Other people are creatives because the outcome and the goal is something very, very different. Jennifer, yeah. do you feel that, that's a, that that was always the space for you as well? I mean, I think it's very much about listening. When, when, when Peter said, it's like, you know, when one, res- uh, PJ said, when, when one responds to the needs of the times. And that is a shifting landscape all the time. I think the pursuit of the sort of art for art's sake, that's that's been an old, it's an, oh, sorry, let me just switch this off. It's been an old sort of debate and that, and for me, there's, there's beautiful stuff that's made. I listen to Bach and I know that, that PJ also, you know, Bach is my, is my therapist. Yeah. And and in a way, that music is defined by just singularly hard work, but at the same time, genius. Yeah. And in his times and circumstances, so I mean, for me, it's there's there's today especially, we are living in a time of a myriad of narratives, and we have access to those narratives, which can be so liberating and so such a celebration, and at the same time, completely overwhelming. Yeah. So, so in a way, this thing of being able to kind of fine-tune the listening and fine-tune the focus, couple it to your interior, your pulse, what moves you, 
And that is that 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 instinct or the intuition, what interiority, that thing we can't control. You know that that is you could say that that's the angelic voice in us. It's God speaking, or it's just our our kind of destiny mm. that pulls us. And that that place where you can't really define. It's almost like you have to walk, tread very carefully around it. If you watch how Tarkovsky makes his films, for example. He he doesn't know where he's going a lot of the time, and the place of not knowing. I love you know that's mm. that's a that's a prerequisite <laughs> for for good work. Jennifer, we're going to leave you there and uh, come back to PJ for closure. Uh, I want to say, um, PJ, we've got a comment from someone saying, "Beautiful show. I believe wisdom can be shared." and implemented in various forms. And this show today is an affirmation of my core belief. And uh, also asking for a request for a connection. If people do want to connect with you and the work that you're doing, how do they do that? Um, They're welcome to drop me an email. um, PJ at Forgotten Angle Theatre today. That's my best place for communication um, is email. PJ at ForgottenAngle.co dot za that's it yeah pj in closing i mean one of the things that jennifer just noted and i think uh, it's it's a good um thing to note is that sometimes you create without necessarily knowing where the hell you're going and and if i look at you and the work that you've done is is that is that your journey that's absolutely my journey i never quite know where i'm going um uh, and 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 the, the most important thing is to acknowledge that um, and to respect that because that is for for me for for me personally that is a creative process. So for me, creativity um, is creativity is about initiating a journey and yeah. then listening and following very very carefully, um, because I believe it has a life and an energy of its own. And and if we allow it, it is going to embrace as many different perspectives. And voices and and ideas as possible, and 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 we will be led to some kinds of insights um, if we allow creativity to 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 run its course. Um, and if we allow that to happen, we've got to be comfortable with not knowing, not knowing where we're going to end up, or what, not knowing what the end product is going to be, not knowing what the next issue is that 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 is going to feed itself in us. In us. PJ, uh, as you move forward. We were talking about this a little earlier with someone else. There's the long term, and of course, there's the short term. And the long term would be yeah. the big, broader picture, the blue sky picture. Um, yes. What's the long? What's the short term? And if you have one word for the long term, what's that? The long, sh- the, the the the. I put one word for the long term is green. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, and the short term is just one step in front of the other. Just keep going. Uh, keep walking. Um, yeah. I know it sounds it sounds really obvious and and banal and uninteresting, um, but it really just is all that we can do uh, is just keep going. Well, I wish you all the strength in the world as you do keep going, and uh, let us look at a future that is green, and uh, where we can see things that are growing, where we can see things that uh, make a difference, where we can look at issues of food security. If you had a perfect, uh, how many people would you like to feed with your food security project in a blue sky world? Uh, in a blue sky world, yeah. um, 
you know there are there is our, our local community is uh, forty thousand people. At least fifty percent of those people are unemployed. Ninety percent of the youth are unemployed. So twenty thirty thousand people is what what we really all need to be doing. Okay, I think that sounds like a, a fair enough number. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely blue sky. And, and in the end, it's not even you feeding them. It's actually you saying we're going to provide the um, we're going to provide some of the skills, but like people have their own skills and then from there they're going to just grow their own food. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's where we need to get to. You know, we need to get to equipping people with the resources, the inputs, the facilities, the capacity to to create their own futures. Do you think you're still going to be focused on dance or do you feel like your, your, your focus is shifting? No, dance is very much part of that focus. Uh, dance is very much part of that story. Um, they're not separate. Yeah. And, and are they dancing? Your farmers. They, they, they are, they are dancing at, at this. I mean, I hadn't wrote a note for myself. Every year, we take on a new group of people, a new group of interns, a new group of learners. So we have to re-inspire a new dance every single time. So you know, if we were last year, we were finally getting people to dance together, uh, and this year we are getting them towards dancing with each other again. So every year, it's a new, it's the start of the same journey in different ways. Um, so, yes, we are bringing the two together. We are bringing, for sure, conceptually uh, in, and in terms of values and physically closer and closer together again. Fantastic. Well, I wish you all the very best in that process. PJ Savaha, Forgotten Angle Theatre Company in Mpumalanga. 10 o'clock, it's time for the news. It's no longer good morning. It's now goodbye.